afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Um, We have a wonderful show in store for you today with my guest in studio. Um, Actually, for those of you, I know I've been doing this a lot lately. We have a two for Thursday for you guys today. I have two great guests in studio back to back. I have a special edition of my show coming up right after this show. Uh, But uh, let's get started with this one and our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. First, from the universe. It only seems like others have it all figured out, that their challenges are simpler, their friends are jollier, and their grass is greener. But you should hear how they admire you. Work it, the universe. (laughs) Ah, We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Reminding us that, you know, and this is, uh, you know, kind of a fun way to remind us that we have a tendency to always think that somebody else has it better than us, that other people have are, are, are happier than we are. They're making more money than we are. They're, they're enjoying themselves more than we are. And usually that's just a story we tell ourselves. Most of the time that has absolutely nothing to do with reality Because we always think that's somebody else, right? The grass is always greener somewhere else. And the truth is, they're probably looking at us going, oh, my God, look at them. They're so happy. They're having so much fun. Look at all these crazy things they're doing. Oh, I wish I was them. And so I think this is a real kind of, you know, lesson in that we should, not should, that it's very helpful for us to appreciate what we have. And not to sort of compare ourselves so much to other people and where other people are at. Because where they're at is their own unique path in life. And where we're at is our own unique path in life. And there's a reason why we don't have their life and they don't have our life. And yes, it may not always feel like the most pleasant thing at the time. And yes, it may not be always what we think we want at the time, especially when we're all up in our heads. But in the long run, when we really take the long view of things, our life is exactly what it's supposed to be. I I always say to my coaching clients, there are no accidents in a perfect universe. And that even those little trips along the way, when we stumble, when we fall down, like those are some of the richest times of our life. Yet we have this tendency that when things aren't going so wonderful to think, oh, my God, this is so awful, horrible. How can this happen? Oh, my God, I can't wait for this to be over. And by cultivating that kind of attitude, we really miss the juiciness of the moment. Adversity is what builds our muscle, right? When we go to a gym, right, and we build ourselves up, we build ourselves up by lifting weights that are a little bit heavier than what we can really do. And that stress, that that resistance is what makes us stronger. That resistance is what helps us to be more of who and what we really are. And that analogy for our bodies and going to the gym is the exact same for our emotional and spiritual strength going through life. Ooh, getting lots of hearts on that one. Thank you, guys. Um, And so if we, the, the way to kind of get through those stressful times is to stop judging it is to stop saying like, oh my God, this is awful, this is horrible, I wish this never happened to me. And instead to look at it and kind of be, well, you know, I wonder what the gift is in here. I wonder what the lesson is. How can I get through this in a more joyful, more beautiful way with more ease and grace? And just by shifting our perspective from one of... of not wanting to go through this to one of like, how can I get through this in the best way? 
it greases the wheels and allows us to slide through it. There may still be friction, there may still be resistance, but it's not resistance that we're holding against that's grating against us. It's the resistance of, okay, being present and, and really holding a space for what we're going through. So this is a really beautiful quote from the universe. I so appreciate the quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe coming to us. And I think actually very apropos for what we're going to talk about today. Before I go on to my quote from Abraham, just a quick shout out to the people listening to us on the Facebook Live. Paul, Dell, Suzanne, Dennis, ah, Dennis, loyal fan. Thank you so much for always tuning in. And thanks for all the thumbs up and hearts up, everybody. Okay, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. When you are in sync with the energy of source, which is the energy of well-being, well-being is your experience. And when you're not, you don't feel so good. Everything that you're living is a perfect replica of the vibration of your being. Abraham. Very much in sync with the first quote and very much in sync with what I was just talking about. And what Abraham is saying is that our true inner spiritual nature or energetic nature, if you don't believe in spirit, what we truly are deep inside, that energy, that, that source of who and what we are, that consciousness, is one of well-being. And when we're in alignment with that, when we're connected to that, when we're tapped into that, then we are feeling wonderful. And it is only when we're not connected to that that we feel kind of, oh, oh my God, awful, horrible. What am I doing here? Why am I alive? I just want to go out and shoot myself. And the way I've heard Abraham describe it, and I use this analogy all the time because it's such a good visual and I think it's so apropos, it, it's like a cork. Like our, our, our happiness is a cork. Our well-being is a cork. And in order for, for a cork to be underwater, you have to hold it down. And that act of holding the cork underwater is our resistance to the way we are, to the way things truly are deep inside. And it's only by letting go of the resistance when we release the cork, it naturally floats up to the surface. And that is our experience. Yet when we actively resist it, it's not our experience. And when we let go of the resistance, and that resistance can be different things to different people. Resistance to feeling good can just be judgment of ourselves, of others. It can be the stories we tell ourselves. It can be focusing on all the things wrong with the world. It can be focusing on how the, the pain of loss instead of the beauty of transformation. That, that act of resisting the f good feeling, it can be many different things. But if you're not feeling good, it's an act of resistance to what we really are. And if we find the ways that work for us, and what works for me may not be what works for you. You know, everyone has their own way of releasing that resistance. But when we find the way that works for us to release our resistance and let the cork float up, then we can be in that, in that space of well-being. And well-being is not just physical well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being. Well-being is a general term that can apply to any aspect of our lives. So, two wonderful, amazing quotes from the universe and from Abraham, very much in alignment with each other, and I think very much in alignment with our guest today. And so, without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Harriet, oh, I never asked you, how do you pronounce your last name? Cabelli. Cabelli. Harriet Cabelli. And Harriet is a social worker and positive psychology coach. And we're going to talk about what that actually is. She counsels clients as they cope and grow beyond their grief and painful circumstances. She's one of the coaching experts on the WOR radio show, Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, and has appeared on ABC and Fox News as well as the Conscious Consultant Hour, as a parenting coach. And she's an author of, 
Let me hold up the book. <laughs> For all those on the Facebook Live, this is her book, and you're probably seeing it in reverse order, but it has this nice, you know, wonderful rose on the cover. Uh, Living Well Despite Adversity, Inspiration for Finding Renewed Meaning and Joy in Your Life, which is her first book. When did it come out? August 2017. August so 2017. Nine months ago. So about nine months ago. Great, yeah. great. Um, wonderful. So um, I always like to, to kind of start off uh, and, and, and let my audience uh, know kind of like how you got into this. Like how did you get started? So obviously, I mean, you've been a social worker for a little bit of time, haven't you? A little bit, yes. So it's a bit of a long story but first i want to thank you for having me a get, having me as a guest here and it is my oh. first time in studio doing this ah. so i like first time experiences it's like i push myself through you know the little bit of angst or nervousness and say <laughs> i'm gonna do it it's a new experience so it's Hi. gonna be good well, no worries, because I'm, I'm very gentle when it comes to interviewing. So it's this is a, a good way to to uh, let go of your interviewing virginity in studio. In studio, <laughs> okay. I've let cool. it go. Awesome. So awesome. I've been a social worker. Actually, it's my second career. First, I was a special ed teacher ah, many moons ago. Okay. And when I had my second daughter, I have three daughters, mm. and we discovered that she has neurological disabilities when she was nine months, oh. 10 months old. Um, after my counseling, my therapy, my support group, and the amazing people who helped me mm-hmm. go through and come through right. this grief process, which it was, because oh. when you find out that your expected and anticipated perfect child was so not, perfect. and so, that so, bubble bursts, yeah. it's a grief process. So did you know before she was born or after no. she was born? No, afterwards. It, how, nine, how, nine months, nine oh, or nine ten months. months old. Okay, we, so she was still we, a little baby when you found out. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was born perfectly fine, but then she wasn't developing normally. Uh, and, you know, we always have a sense. And right, even though the pediatrician right. said, ah, you're just comparing her to your first child who's developing more rapidly, go home uh, and relax. I said... For a little bit of money and maybe a waste of time, hopefully, they'll tell yeah. me that I'm crazy right. and I'll go home. Right. But no, the pedi- pediatric neurologist ran tests and blah, 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 and found out that she's got, she's got a condition. Oh, okay. And, um, okay. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that, and that is uh, a loss, right? It's, it's a loss of, of, of this ideal we have that our children are, are going to be happy and healthy. Right. Right. Absolutely. Anytime there's a loss, that brings on grief. Because uh, grief, we often think of grief as just the reaction to death. Right. But grief is a reaction to really any kind of a loss. Right. And it's a normal, right. natural reaction of, of deep, intense feelings of sadness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can be a career, a relationship. Uh, uh, a home uh, it could be a anything. loss of anything oh a best friend um best friend. retirement for some right. people because they have to reinvent themselves who are they they're losing their whole identity that was connected to their profession and right. now what right. that's a loss empty nester syndrome right that's right. a loss that's a loss too absolutely right. so Wonderful. obviously they're on different levels but right okay so we're gonna Take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about grief and loss a little bit and the importance of being present to it, right? Because if we're not present to it, then we're holding on to it. Right. Um, and just a quick shout out. Welcome to the Facebook Live, Tom and Felicia. And just to remind people, if you want to ask your own questions of Harriet or myself, you can type the, the comments, your questions into the comments field of the Facebook Live, or you can call in. Our call-in number is 877-480-4120. And we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 
Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo hoo! (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally some other times, like this afternoon. I have a special broadcast at 1 p.m. But this hour, we're talking with Harriet Cabelli, author of the book, Living Well Despite Adversity. One more time. This is what it looks like if you're on the Facebook Live. Um, so we're talking about grief at the end of last segment. Yes. And, and you know, in this society... In Western society, we have a tendency to kind of push away grief, to push it down, to not want to feel it. That's not a very healthy thing to do, is it? No, not at all. And not only do we push it down, but we numb it through pills and all Uh, kinds of addictions because we're uncomfortable with pain as a society. We're uncomfortable with pain. We're a quick-fix society. That's why we're a pill-popping society. (laughs) If it's going to fix it in two seconds, let's let's just swallow the pill and fix it. Not to say that sometimes medication and pills aren't warranted, Mm -hmm. but we're just too quick when we say, I feel sad, I feel upset, and we go to a a doctor. Nowadays, it's even an internist, and it's like, okay, here's a prescription. The importance of feeling our feelings, and when I say our feelings, I mean the negative feelings. Mm -hmm. And I like to to use this analogy, and it's not mine. I got it from my positive psychology professor, Tal Ben-Shachar. He gives Ah. a beautiful visual, and he says, our feelings go through a pipeline. There's like Mm -hmm. one pipeline in us. And if we block our negative feelings or numb them or just Uh, push them aside or squelch uh, them. We're also numbing all the positive feelings, the joy, the ecstasy, the enthusiasm, because it all flows through one. Uh, So if we numb one, we're kind of dulling the other. And as human beings, we've got a palate filled with feelings and emotions, both the positive and the negative. So we have to allow ourselves, or as also as he says, we have to give ourselves permission Mission. to yeah. feel. Permission to feel the negative feelings that are uncomfortable and that right. don't feel good. But in going through them, we come through them. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, I've even met people who are uncomfortable with feeling the positive feelings too. Because sometimes people kind of develop this attitude of, oh, well, I don't want to feel too good because then like something bad is going to happen right. or something. So Waiting they, for the next shoe to drop. Right. So they numb themselves from both sides of the spectrum, which is just incredible. And, and, I, and it seems to me that, you know, we, we in this society, we, we tend to block ourselves from these, quote unquote, uncomfortable feelings mostly and and part of it comes from what I talked about before is the judging the feelings as being good or bad. Right. So as opposed to saying like, oh, I feel good, I, I feel happy, that's a good feeling, or I feel sad, that's a bad feeling, if we can more just look at it as like, okay, this is just what I'm feeling in the moment, right. and this and actually having that feeling gives us some information and lets us know like kind of how in alignment we are or not in alignment or 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 you know, kind of just where we are in the moment, that it's an indicator, it's a GPS, mm-hmm. that then exactly. we can maybe start to shift our attitude of what's good and bad and release that and just be present to what is. Right. And just say, and be mindful of this is what I'm feeling. And 
uh, Tony Robbins gives a great example. He he talks about dancing with our fear. Ah, in other yes. words, it's a dance because, as yes. you said earlier, when you were reading the quote, the more we resist, the right. more we push it away, right. the more it's going to keep revealing itself because sure. it's going to keep coming back. Sure. And he uses that term again, a great visual. Yeah, dance. You embrace it. Yeah, you I dance with it. It's not mm-hmm. going to make it worse, but it's going to eventually release some of that hold right. that it has on us right. because we're mindful, we're accepting it, and we're not judging and saying, okay, right. I'm afraid. And, and it's much more fun to dance than there is to fight, right? Right. But again, because we're so scared, we're yeah. scared of the discomfort and it really, bad feelings don't, I say the word bad as if, it's, as if I'm judging it, but the negative or the more difficult feelings, they're not going to kill us. Right. They're like clouds, if you want to right. use that kind of visual. And they float. And they right. float. And they come. And then they float. And Absolutely. they shift. And they diffuse. And they get more intense. But like you said, if we're mindful and aware, and we have a reading of it, we can tolerate it more yes. and we can uh, accept, okay, this is where I am right. right now. And if I could just say, when I, when I work with parents a lot and I do parenting workshops, one of the things that always comes up is how to help our kids feel those uh, bad, in feel. quote, feelings. Right, because right. as parents, what do we want? We want to make our kids happy. Right. We want to fix All it. All the time. All the time. We cannot tolerate our child being sad or angry, and we want to make it go away. So if a child gets right. up in the middle of the night and says, I had a, you know, I'm terrified, I had a scary dream, what's our response? Oh, don't be scared. Right. You know, right. Your, your, your pet tur- turtle dies. Oh, don't be sad. I'll buy you another one. Right. We're very quick to dismiss it. Right. And all that does is teach kids it's not too good to feel badly, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to acknowledging and saying... I see you're feeling scared. Mm-hmm. I see you're really upset. I mean, it's so simple, but yes. yet it's so hard. Yes. And it's hard because we're not comfortable with those kinds of feelings. Right, right. And re- it requires learning how to hold space for somebody, which, you know, when it's a stranger is much easier, let's be honest. Right. But when it's your own family member to hold space for them when they're going through something difficult, it's hard not to interfere. Right. right? That's our natural instinct to comfort them, to, right. to, to do something to help them to feel better. But we're actually doing them a disservice, right, when we do that because we're sending them a signal that, oh, you, you know, you shouldn't be feeling, you know, these, these uncomfortable feelings because they make us uncomfortable. Right. It's actually not about the other person. It's more about us. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why so many times when people do like lose a spouse or lose someone to death and a friend will say, hey, it's been three months. How come you right, like haven't right. like gotten over it yet? Like you haven't come out. You haven't gotten back into life. There's almost like people are expecting a calendar of grief. You know, right, it's been six months. It's right. been what's up? What's up? Because it makes them uncomfortable. And yes. the most beautiful thing to do with someone going through a hard time is is just sitting with them. Right. Right. And just like you said, and holding that pain. But as human beings, it's not always easy. And certainly right. when we're invested, right. like you said, with a stranger, it's almost easier. But when it's right. one of our own, it makes it that much harder because it pains us, which is why so many people end up in a therapist's office <laughs> because they have that objective person there right. who can hold the pain right. and not be pulled in and, and enmeshed right. Right. with them. Now, now, in your bio, it says you're a positive psychology coach. Right. What's positive psychology? So positive psychology is, is, first of all, it was basically started by Martin Seligman in the mm-hmm. 90s. He's at a University of Pennsylvania. I mean, the grandfather could be Abraham Maslow, a, a Maslow, lot of other yeah. therapists, but he really brought it to the table mm-hmm. in terms of what it is. So it's a branch. It's part of psychology. But what it does is it focuses on, you talked about well-being, yes. on what's working well. WWW, uh, what's working well. Okay. It's not just looking at pathology. The main right. part of psychology today is what's wrong, what are your problems, right. how do we right. fix it, how do we manage it. It's all about pathology. And right. positive psychology comes in and says, okay, there's, we have to deal with that, right. but what about people who are basically okay, and how do we elevate their level hmm. from okay to thriving? What uh, are the ingredients that goes into, live, as you said before, living well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because... We all want to live well. Problems right. are no problems. We're here right. once. We get one shot at this. We want to live well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Which is actually why I, I made the title of my book, What I Did, Living Well Despite Adversity, because that's kind of always been a theme of my life, is it's a given 
that we're all going to have stuff happen. Right. Bad stuff happen. Just it's right. part of the human condition. Absolutely. So given that reality, how do we make this one shot the best we could possibly make it despite? Meaning right. despite whatever spite it of, is yeah. that goes wrong. Right. Knowing things will go wrong. Because things always go wrong. Things always go wrong. So positive psychology is really the study of well-being. Gotcha. I think I remember somebody once described it as like regular psychology is like there's some dysfunction or like we're, we're functioning below like average. And so it's to bring us up to zero, so to speak, to average, to okay. And positive psychology is like f- taking us from zero to like plus 10. Right. It's like that whatever your baseline is, how do right. we elevate it? And we're right. not saying go from a one to 10. It's like right. go from a one to one and a quarter. It's baby steps. Right. Small increments, small differences right. can make huge Differences in our lives. Absolutely. Because no one's changing major things. That's just not how we're cut out. But we certainly could do small things. Right, right. So what are, are there some common themes maybe when people come to see you as a therapist that uh, using positive psychology tends to be the, your approach of choice or, or tends to be most effective? So... There's a lot of concrete exercises, just even in terms of, and this is, you know, so it's such a big topic today, gratitude. Right. Yes. I mean, that's a, a hot topic. It's ah. heavily researched. Yes. And some of the real specific concrete exercises that may sound hokey mm-hmm. are really well documented that they really do make a difference, such as yeah, writing down mm-hmm. three to five things every night before you go to bed. The gratitude journal. Gratitude of what you're grateful for. And then not only what it is, but how did you feel because of it? Yeah. You know, bringing up more of those positive emotions so mm-hmm. that we could feel them. Mm-hmm. Not just mentally say, okay, I'm grateful for blah, 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 blah. But wow, it really made me feel a certain way. And that's a good feeling to have. And it's mm-hmm. those positive feelings that enrich our lives. But if we just gloss over them, they're not taking stake within us. Right. Right. So a gratitude journal is important. Also, it's listen, people can do it any time of day. We say it's better at night only because so many times before we go to sleep, we're going over in our head all the problems, all the struggles of the day. So this kind of shifts us to going to sleep on a little bit of a better note. Right, right. Think of, again, www, what went well today? What's working well? Oh, and cool. and, and they say down. that it actually, whatever you think about for the last 20 minutes before you go to bed, actually kind of sets the tone for your sleep. Right. So you actually sleep better if the last thing you do before you go to bed is think about what you have to be grateful for. As opposed to all the stuff that you have to do tomorrow and the to-do right, list and what went right. wrong and who did I argue with today and <laughs> right, right. all the stuff that... Circles in our brain. Right, right. Okay, wonderful. Well, we, we got a bunch of topics uh, related to your book, Living Well Despite Adversity. Um, and we're going to take another break. So when we come back, I think I'd like to talk about choice. Okay. Right? We all have a lot more choice than we realize. So let, let's delve into that a little bit. And a quick shout out to Joe, Sam, and Courtney for joining us on the Facebook Live. And again, if you're listen, watching us on the Facebook Live or listening to us on uh, talkradio.nyc, um, feel free to comment in the comment section of the video or call in at 877-480-4120. And we'll be right back with Harriet Cabelli, author of the book, Living Well Despite Adversity, after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. 
Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're live here on talkradio.nyc every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and for those of you who like went to the website and noticed it looks a little bit different, they we had to upgrade the website and some things got broken and we fixed it, but not everything is back there. I know the newsletter sign up is not there at the top of the website anymore. I'm bugging my webmaster to get that back up. But definitely, uh, if you can... Um, Email us and we'll add you to our mailing list so you can get our newsletter, which goes out twice a week. Um, and we got a comment, Harriet, on our Facebook Live from Courtney, a fellow talk radio host who had her show just before mine. She said, thanks for talking about this. It really touched my heart. Oh, great. Ah, very good, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about choice. Okay. Sometimes when we're in the middle of experiencing things that are kind of uncomfortable, we don't really feel like we have a choice, do we? Right. Absolutely. We feel like we're just destined and doomed. But when we talk about choice, I must reference Dr. Viktor Frankl. Oh, I love Viktor Frankl. Author of the amazing, to me, life-changing book, Man's Search for Meaning. And mm -hmm. I put out there, if your listeners haven't read it, it is a must-read. And he was a psychiatrist from Vienna. He went through the concentration camps. Yeah. And... I should have actually brought this quote with me, knowing I'm going to reference it, because I always do. He, his whole premise is that it's not what happens to us, right. not our circumstances, but rather right. how we choose, choose to respond. To respond. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first read that when I was 18 in college, that was like life-changing, that mm. whole idea. Because I think many of us feel... That our well-being, our happiness, our whatever, our life depends on our circumstances. Absolutely. And if we have lousy circumstances, everything's going to be lousy. If we're go things are going well, then we're doing well. But we all know that how many people do we know where things are going well? They have their health. <laughs> they have money. They have fame. They have glory. And they're miserable. Right. Whereas we also know people who have been through hell and back, and they right. seem, wow, how come they're upbeat and they're right. optimistic? And they seem like they've got it together. Right. So what is all of that? And I think it goes back a lot to Viktor Frankl's idea that it's not what happens to us. It's how we respond. And he saw that in Auschwitz when yes. he would see people laying there. And what determined those that just laid there waiting to die right. from those who, as sick as they were in the right. same situation, obviously, they right. went over to someone else, put their hand on their shoulder, gave, shared a crumb. Right. Right. Yeah, I remember he said, so there's something in the book, he said, like, he saw a flower growing in the concentration camp, like one little flower out of the wildflower. And he was, if, if a, a little flower can grow in such a horrible condition, then surely as human beings, we can grow too. Right. But what does it take? So it takes, what does it take, it yeah. takes willpower. It takes mm. a vision of a future. Right. And will to live. And a choice that says, I can be more than my circumstance. Right. I right. can be bigger than. And we're not saying any of this is easy. Of course. Of but course. it's knowing that we're not necessarily a victim. We don't right. have to remain a victim. Right. We can be, we're victimized by our circumstances. If we allow ourselves to be. Well, Someone gets raped, for instance. Someone gets rounded up and put into a concentration camp. They are victims to their circumstances. Okay. But again, what do we do with that? Right. right. How do we then respond? Do we remain victimized? The person who goes through a rape, the person who loses somebody, do they remain stuck in that woe is me? Right. Or eventually, 
do they, as they go through their grief, do they make a decision, a conscious decision to say, I need to do something different with this. Right. And then getting themselves out of that. When, when you start doing sort of like your personal work, your personal development work, uh, it was a quote someone said when I started doing my shamanic training four years ago. And they asked the person, you know, does life get better after doing this work? And he said, no, but you do. And to me, like that was such a powerful answer because it's not about life getting better. Life is life. Life is going to happen and unfold exactly the way it's going to unfold. It's about us showing up better for right. life. Exactly. It's about us, like you say, kind of getting rid of some of those if-thens that work inside our brain. If this happens, then I'll be happy. If this happens, then that means I'm good. If this happens, then, you know, I, I, I'm successful. Right. If we get rid of those ifs and just say... I can be happy. I can be successful for no other reason than this is the way I choose to feel. Then when we're presented with a situation, our identity doesn't have to get tied up with how we handle the situation. It's just knowing that, okay, I always have a choice. Right, right. And the ifs are really tied into circumstance. Right. They're very exactly. much tied. And that's not to say that any of this is easy. Of course, when we have a, a horrible circumstance befall us, we're going to go through a very rough time and of feel course. crappy and not be able to function that well. Of course. And that's okay, too. The key right. is, do we stay there right. or do we somehow gain the coping tools and the ability to handle it better or differently and then mm -hmm. to be able to grow from it? And a right. lot of this, a lot of my work is, is, is the coping and the growing, how we cope with the actuality mm -hmm. of the reality, mm -hmm. and then how do we grow through it so that we can come through it in a better way. Do, do you maybe have an example of that from the book, a particular so story that you like in my book, I interviewed 36 people, Whoa, 36, 36 interviews of people who have transcended their adversities, losses, okay. challenges, whatever word you want to use. Okay. And... All different types. I call it the, the diversity of adversities is in my book. All different, <laughs> all different kinds. And I would have to say that one huge theme of what helps people go through, come through, and grow beyond is purpose. Ah. Purpose is huge. Viktor Frankl also talks about purpose, but it's yes. all tied in. Mm -hmm. But purpose meaning I need something beyond the horror of what I'm going through. Right. It needs to be something bigger mm -hmm. than what I'm, I'm living through. And in other words, when he was in the concentration camps and he kept focusing in his mind, he mean Dr. Frankel, um, he wants to be able to write his book. He wants to get back. He can picture right. being with his wife again. He can picture lecturing in the auditorium to medical students. Something that takes us beyond. Right. Outside of... Outside of our hellhole, our difficulty, our challenge, or whatever. Right. And that's a journey to get there. In other right. words, you have to almost like rebuild it, rebuild, repurpose ourselves. Right. You know, a person who loses a child, what are they going to get up to in the morning when the right. world looks so black and dark? Right. It takes time, but eventually, I have a woman in here who her son was murdered by a terrorist in Israel. Ooh. So... What did she eventually do? And, I'm, and this doesn't happen overnight. And obviously not everyone does these big things. But she mm -hmm. started an organization for families who've lost people to terror. Ah. And that organization is now very w well known. And she brings in people from all over the world to do clowning, to do retreats, the Kobe Mandel Foundation. And there's a oh, summer camp. Wonderful. But we're not all people who are going to take our loss and do something huge with it. Right. You know, right. it could be internal shifts, but the point being, this became her bigger cause. I see. Something that could live on, something that she can wake up to and feel significant that I'm doing right. something with my horror. Right. You know, right. it's that old, it sounds silly, but it's that old saying, are you going to make lemonade out of lemons? Lemons, right. It kind of reminds me, there's, there's a, a book... I don't remember if it's one or a couple of books called Thank God I dot, dot, dot. Oh, I and it's that. all about people who have been through some extremely difficult circumstance 
who eventually sort of turned it around and and allowed it to be an inspiration for them to do something greater. So it was thing and so different chapters are different people and their stories of what they went through. So it was like thank God I got cancer and how they healed themselves from cancer and became a health counselor eventually. Thank God I got raped. I remember the one story always sticks out in my mind is a woman in Canada who got raped like not once but two or three times. And it was a journey, and they caught the gentleman who did it the, I don't know, one of the times. And, and it was a journey for her to actually go to the prison and, and forgive that person. And then she became a, a rape advocate, um, a victim advocate, where she would go and lecture and talk to women about how to deal with, you know, the trauma of it and how to um, not get stuck in it, right. but to move forward in your life. So the the her own personal terror got turned into like like the 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 story in your book with the terrorist you know we can take these things and turn them around to make them a, a motivating factor in our life to do something more than just survive right and that is the key more than just survive because otherwise we kind of survive with a a big hole and right. and what are we doing to try to fill that to give us some further enrichment again despite whatever it right. is that happens and to as us. we talked before it's not just about taking pills though maybe we do need some support to just get through the roughest part but not to deaden the feelings but to support us in getting through the feelings. Exactly, exactly. And I, I would like to say, um, to talk a minute about um, this person from Stanford. Her name is Sonia Lubriansky, who did mm -hmm. a study w called the Happiness Pie. Oh. And she divided it and found out that, we talk about circumstance, 50% of our well-being, happiness, mm -hmm. whatever word you want to use, is based on our genetics, on what we come into the world with. Oh, really? Oh, okay. 40% uh -huh. is based on our input, our intentional behaviors, uh -huh. our attitudes, our thoughts, our, our belief system, our values. 10% right. is what? Circumstance. Circumstance. Uh -huh. I, when, I, when I heard that, I mean, that's mind-boggling to me, again, yeah. because we're all programmed to think that our life is dependent on what happens to us. Right. So 10%. Right. So. 40% is a huge amount yes. that we could be intentionally putting into our lives. You talk about right. choice. Yeah. That becomes a choice. Yeah. What are we doing? Are we going to get up and exercise or are we going to say, eh, so my parent died at 60. I don't have a chance. I might as well, I might as well give up. I don't have to exercise because <laughs> that's in my gene pool. Right, that's taking right. the victim role. Right. And that's saying, I don't have a choice. There's nothing right. I can do. And that's just leaving Whereas it to the maybe 50%. the reason why they died at 60 was because they never exercised. <laughs> to begin with. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot there. Right. And a right. lot in our control. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, they've even done studies now about how uh, the thoughts we think, the words we use, how it can even affect the genetic expression. Oh, yeah. And, and that, you know, um, who was it? Um, um, Gabor Mate wrote a book called When the Body Says No, that's all about how disease develops in a body when somebody um, doesn't share their feelings or experiences pain or anger or suffering and has no vehicle to release it. Right. Um, and that, our emo that there is no distinction between our emotional well-being and our physical well-being, that they're so interconnected um, right. that we can't have one without the other. Right, right. And, and that Dr. John Sarno, who just oh, recently yes, John died, Sarno, yeah. made that amazing connection with all his patients. And he was such a proponent of psychology and therapy because of he, he believed that a lot of our physical symptoms were connected to all the emotional rage and discomfort within us. And that book, yeah. The Divided Mind. The Divided Mind, yes. Is just what we're talking about, the mind-body yeah. connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, great, great. Well, it's time, believe it or not, for us to take our last commercial break of the show. Um, and so when we come back, I just want to talk a little bit more about the book and maybe what you've learned from writing your own book, okay? Okay, So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 
Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Harriet Cabelli, author of the book, Living Well Despite Adversity, um, a wonderful book telling, you interviewed 36? 36 people. people. And where can people find your book? On Amazon. Okay. Just Google the name or Google my name, and it's for sale on Amazon, and, or you can get the Kindle version, um, and yeah, and that's where you get, and my website is... Rebuild www.rebuildlifenow.com Rebuildlifenow.com Wonderful. Right. Okay. So I, I meant to ask you before, I forgot, what inspired you to write a book? What like made you say, like, oh, I really need to sit down and write a book about okay. this stuff? So that's my taking my lemonade, my lemons ah, and making lemonade. So when okay. my daughter, going back to the beginning of our hour, um, that same daughter who has disabilities, mm. She went through a nearly fatal medical crisis, and she was in the hospital for a year. Uh. This was about 13 years ago, and she miraculously survived, miraculously had a complete recovery. Wow. And after a year in the hospital, I left my job. I mean, I took a leave, and I came back to work, and I said, I need to do something with this miracle. Mm. You know, people do things with their bad endings. I need to do something in appreciation and gratitude for this miracle. So what am I going to do? So I thought to myself, going back and resuming my job and picking up the right. pieces where I left off just didn't feel right. So I was like, it was judging in me. And I had a lot of angst. Right. So I tried all kinds of things. I tried publishing a, a memoir and that failed. I, I did a whole bunch of th- I puppy raised a dog to work with the disabled. Oh, I did wow. a lot. I did a Patch okay. Adams clowning trip, all looking oh. for some meaning out of this or some way right, of, right. of giving back. Right. And eventually, when my book didn't go anywhere, I started, uh-huh. and I decided my personal project on my blog was going to uh-huh. be, I was going to attempt to interview someone once a month uh-huh. who went through their stuff, and right. how did they go through it and come through it. So after three years worth of interviews, one a uh-huh. month, people started saying, they're just sitting on your blog, why don't you compile them into a book? Uh-huh. And that became my meaningful project, uh-huh. to okay. put these interviews and compile them into a book. So uh, that took me okay. two years. To, um, it's self-published. I worked mm-hmm. with an editor, and then I worked with a graphic designer. And after two years, it became, voila, my, my meaningful project of, of what came out of what I went through. So it, it combined what I went through with my daughter and embraced the theme of my life, which has been there since I'm a teenager, mm-hmm. in terms of how people go through bad things and come out okay. And... It became my baby. Ah, cool. So, so that's how the book came about. Wonderful. That's amazing, amazing. Um, 
what did you learn, though, by actually compiling all these stories and putting the book out there? I mean, it's got to be something that, like, kind of came through for you. I mean, the, the basis of all of this is, and again, it goes back to circumstance. And these, like I said before, these are all different challenges. And there are themes that are throughout that are just similar in terms of how we as humans can cope. Right, and what's the right. key word here? Resilience. Oh, and that's a, big, okay. that's a big word nowadays. Again, lots of research going on. But yeah. the fact that we are not born with just what, what we're going to live with the rest of our life. Whatever we're born with, we're born with. But we could input and strengthen ourselves constantly. So some people will say, well, you're just born with more resilience or you're just born stronger. <laughs> no, research is no. now showing that resilience, resiliency is a skill set. It could be oh, taught. It can okay. be learned. It's, there are curriculums now being brought into the schools to teach resiliency. Really? So it is not just you're born more resilient, less resilient. Yes. Again, we are born with more or less. But right. having said that, we can build it. And I think you said this at the very beginning of the mm-hmm. radio show that we can build a muscle. Yes. And resiliency is a muscle. And we can build skills and build ourselves to have more and stronger resilience to deal with what comes our way. And all of these interviewees show resilience and how Mm. and basically what are some of the factors that go into it, which we started talking about before. Right, right, right. So that's a biggie. Were there any particular stories of all these people that you've interviewed that kind of touched you maybe a little bit more? Yeah. So Temple Grandin is mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure many of, of your listeners know her. She's a high-functioning... Uh, she's a woman who has Asperger's, which is a high-functioning form of autism. Uh, she's a college uh-huh. professor. They made a movie about her. She's written lots of books. Mm-hmm. I think she's out in Colorado. Um, she speaks all over the world. She's a huge advocate in the world of autism, and she mm-hmm. herself, like I said, has it. Mm-hmm. She talks about the idea that we cannot let our diagnoses or our problems define us. So Ah. that when she meets little kids who come over to her, because she's the role model of autism, and say, hi, my name is Johnny, I have autism, she reframes it and says, you are Johnny, and you have autism amongst many other things. Mm. You are not Johnny autistic Johnny. You are Johnny who has autism. You also have a love of animals. You also have a love of sports. Mm. In other words, the idea that we are not our problem. Right. We, our problem or our diagnosis is one aspect of ourselves. And we are Uh, much, much more than that. So she had, she has Asperger's, but her mother and her teacher as displayed in her books and her movie brought out her strengths to Uh, show you're an artist. Your mm. mind sees things in pictures. Mm. You have incredible strengths. And she talks about, we need to hone in on every person's strengths because every human being has strengths and it Mm. behooves us to uncover them, whether we're teachers or therapists or friends or parents as human beings, we need to encourage and, and, and unfold one another's potential and strengths. Right. And, and not that's just, powerful. And not just focus on sort of one aspect or one side of ourselves, which is on really what you're saying. Right. Yeah, on or the, the flaws. It's or the problems, which goes back to positive psychology. It just all right. fits in. Right. Where is our focus? <laughs> and it's not right. being Pollyanna-ish and saying the problems don't exist, the disabilities don't exist. Oh, they exist. But right. it's the power of the end. And right. there's a broader picture here. Yes. There's a more of a person here. Right. So right. it opens us up to huge possibilities. Right. Beautiful. I think, I think Beautiful. That's, that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah. yeah the yeah, unlimited yeah. potential in all of us. Absolutely. But we need to have our mindset in that way. Right. We need to kind of shift from sort of a more limited, um, a more sort of... I don't want to say negative, but more limited focus. Yeah, more limited focus that that there's actually much more to us right. than just what we focus on. I like to say, like you know, we're not just our physical bodies. We're not just our emotional uh, experience. We're not just our minds. We're, we're all that and much and more. more. And that's really the stories in this book: limitless potential. Mm. Amazingly limitless and mm. untapped. I mean, I could give you another story. I don't know if there's time, but uh, no, we, okay. we, we got to wrap it up. Um, just one last question: um, 
What's been the response from the book since it came out? I mean, it's been out about nine months. Yeah, so I've done a bunch of speaking Uh in different libraries, bookshops, um, uh, adult ed, Mm -hmm. senior centers, because it's a universal theme. Right. So it lends itself to all kinds of audiences oh. because loss and growth and pain, it's, it's universal and it's evergreen. It's right. not going out of style or out of right. the research mode or whatever. Right. So, and I've done a lot of podcasts and I'm looking forward to a, another year of more. Yay. So it's been a good response. I've gotten a lot of nice reviews. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, well Harriet, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the thank show Thank you. Today. This is great. A great a conversation. Yes. A wonderful, wonderful conversation. Once again, her book is Living Well Despite Adversity by Harriet Cabelli. It's available on Amazon. It's in, is it Barnes & Noble and all the regular bookstores too? Uh, no, unless it's specifically, it's in a lot of libraries. It's in a lot of libraries. Okay, <laughs> yes. wonderful. And one more time, if people want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about you what's so my your website? website is rebuildlifenow.com okay i mean i'm not going to give my phone number or my right, uh, email right. but uh, but they can find they can get in touch with you through the website rebuild rebuildlifenow.com wonderful yes. wonderful okay great and once again you know thank you to all our viewers Sirve, elaine thank you for tuning in towards the end i appreciate you all um and coming up next If you haven't gotten enough of me, your conscious (laughs) consultant, there's more of me coming because I have a special broadcast with another amazing guest uh, who happens to be in town from California um, and who is also an author who recently got some awards. So we're going to tell you all about that. So don't go anywhere. If you're on the Facebook Live, we're going to end the video and we're going to start another one. If you're on talkradio.nyc, stick around. We've got another great show coming up for you next. Thank you all for tuning in. Talk to you in a minute. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, this is Bruce Chamloff, host of the Web Design and Technology Coach. Join me and my guests every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. as we discuss the latest in web design, social media marketing, search engine optimization, and technology. We also discuss popular topics including WordPress, making money online, better Google rankings, and more. Every month, we also feature the best unsigned music from around the world right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on talkingalternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 